how it is fickle, leaving one alone to wander. The halls of the skull with the fluorescence softly flickering, it rests on the head, like a bird nest woven of twigs and tinsel, and awkward as soon as one stops to look. That pile of fallen leaves drifting from the brain to the fingertip burned on the stove to the grooves in that man's voice as he coos to his dog blowing into the leaves of books with moonlit opossums and Chevrolets easing down the roads of one's bones. And now it plucks a single tulip from the pixelated blizzard, yet itself is a swarm, a pulse with no indigenous form, the brain's lunar halo. Our compacted galaxy, its constellations trembling like flies caught in a spider web until we die, and then the flies buzz away while another accidental coherence counts to three to pass the time or notes the berries of the bittersweet vine. Strewn in the spruces, red pebbles dropped in the brain's gray pool, how it folds itself like a map to fit in a pocket, how it unfolds, a fraying map from the pocket of the day. Consciousness by Joni Mikowski. What's up, witches? Welcome to Staff Meeting at the Corporate Coven, the podcast for witches at work. I'm your host, Jessica, sometimes referred to as that witch from work. I'm pleased to bring you this weekly episode of the podcast where we check in with a reflective question inspired by current astrological weather, we make magic with the lunar phases and organize our work with the day-by-day astrology forecast. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. This check-in question is all about the sun moving into the sign of Pisces and really about Pisces season and what that can bring for us. And so the question I'm going to pose to you today is, how are you nurturing your inner creativity and connecting with your intuition? How are you nurturing your inner creativity and connecting with your intuition? Pisces season is a time for dreams. It's a time to play with your consciousness. It's a time for meditation. It's a time for going into the inner sanctum of your mind and the the core of your spirit, of who you are outside of your physical body or inside of your physical body, however you think about the energetic presence of your soul. There have been times in my life where I was really good at this, right? There have been times in my life, like when I was going through my Reiki certification back in 2018, you know, I went to an all day training and which was incredible. It was such a fantastic experience. And I'm so grateful that I had that experience. And when I was going through it and right after I got certified, I was doing Reiki every single day on myself And with my children and my animals, I mean, like anytime that you get really excited and passionate about something new, especially one that makes you feel so good, it can be addictive, right? Like you get really, really into it and you do it consistently. I did the same thing with my yoga practice back in, I think it was like 2015 to 2016. I was like deeply entrenched in like the Instagram yoga. I was doing like yoga for hours every single day. I didn't have kids yet. And you know, I, I was living that student life. I was in my master's program and I was doing yoga all the time. And it was so fun to just do my own vinyasa flow. I, I just had done it enough that I would do my own uh, flow each time. And I had my own goals that I was working on and I would just turn on music and let myself be inspired by the music. And that's what would inform 
you know, how I practice that day. Uh, you know, when tarot become a big part of my practice, I was doing daily part, uh, card pulls every single day. You know, when astrology became the new thing for me, then it was like every single day I was checking in on the planets. And I still kind of do that, you know, because I script these staff meetings, but it was like every day I was logging into an app or getting online and trying to find where the moon was. And, and, um, you know, so there have been moments in my life where I was really, really good at this. And it really was a part of my daily practice. And then, you know, we get busy and we travel and the kids keep us up and, you know, things happen. And so, we don't stick to it. It's, it's hard to stick to it. It's hard to commit to it. And so if you're like me and you're kind of on that side of things where we kind of fell off the wagon, we kind of like lost that practice. We, we haven't been doing it as much anymore. It doesn't look like how it used to. Then this is your invitation to bring some of that back in. How are you nurturing your inner creativity and connecting with your intuition? Spend some time thinking about how you're currently doing it, even if you're not consciously aware of it. And if it's not how you'd like it to look, what are some subtle things that you can do and that you can invite in to help you feel more connected to your soul, to the essence of who you are, and to your energetic body? So the major transits this week, and again, we're looking at the week of February 18th. Wow to Saturday, February 24th. I was on a call earlier this week with um, a vendor at work and we were talking about, oh, you know, we, we can't meet this time, so we need to push it out and let's let's try to get it done around this time. And we just couldn't believe how far we were into the year already. And he referenced the meme that said, and I'm sure you've seen this, that said January was a 30-day like free trial or like a 31-day free trial. And the year actually began in February. But here we are near the end of February and it's like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> are we really doing this 2024? Like, are we really going forward? Hard to believe, but here we are. The major transits this week on Sunday, February 18th, the sun moves into the sign of Pisces and we begin Pisces season. And then it's not until Thursday we have some like, you know, I never want to call the week quiet because, of course, there's always a lot of aspects happening, especially when we're looking at the moon as the primary lead of, you know, what's happening, what's going on. But in terms of major transits, meaning what are the major planetary ingresses into new signs? What are the major aspects, um, you know, happening? Then we don't see that again until Thursday, February 22nd, where we see Venus conjunct Mars in the sign of Aquarius. And then on Friday, February 23rd, Mercury moves into the sign of Pisces. And on Saturday, February 24th, we have the full moon in Virgo. So let's talk about phase management because we have a full moon this week. In phase management, if you're new here, we like to take a quick high level overview of the lunar phases of the week. We also talk about the zodiac signs that they're moving through and something that's kind of unique. I haven't seen any other astrologer do this, um, but something that I like to do is I like to look at what's the modality of the moon on the weekends. 
You know, so many of us corporate witches or witches at work, when we have a more traditional Monday through Friday, nine to five type experience and the weekends feel super important to us. They're finally some space that maybe we feel like we have it for ourselves. No one else can come in and, and tell me what to do with this time. You know, unless you're like me and you're a mom and then, you know, someone's telling you what to do all the time. But the weekends really feel like this sacred space for us right? Where we get to uh, have this relief from our day job or from the corporate grind, if you will. And I like to know what the modality is because it gives me insight into how I'm going to be perceiving the world around me. What do I think the weekend is for? How do I want to be spending my time? And, and even if it's not a conscious desire, it's this unspeakable essence that we're feeling, right? When the weekend is dominated by a cardinal moon, then it's a time to go out and do something, to begin something new. I want to go try this. I want to go explore this. I want to go have this experience. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to initiate it. Cardinal moon weekends are times when I've started like cleaning my house and, and starting these like, big projects. On the fixed signs, it's more about continuing the course. It's extending the energy of the work week into the weekend. And so whatever that was, it carries you through. And it's about sustaining and maintaining a process or a habit or a practice or a relationship. But we've been in mutable weekends and we find ourselves again in a mutable weekend where the mutable signs are very good about transmission or transmutation of energy in the mutable seasons and Pisces season is one and we're going to be moving into Pisces season, then it's all about how do we let this energy disseminate and move into something else. The transition from winter to spring is one that I love and you're going to start seeing on my Instagram stories pictures of my spring blossoms because they've already pushed upward. It was interesting if you've been listening to this uh, podcast for the last couple of weeks anyways. I know that I've been producing episodes for, is it two years now? almost two years. Uh, but the last couple of weekends that, you know, I was sharing, we were in this fixed to mutable weekend where, you know, Saturday we had a fixed moon, but then by the time we got to Sunday, it was a mutable moon. Um, and so there was this like transition of energy. And there was a moment where my spring blossoms started pushing up through the surface. And then we had a really cold freeze and they went back down and they disappeared back beneath the earth. But now they are fully up. Some of them are a few inches high already. No blooms yet, but you know they're really growing and they're really getting ready to be seen and to be illuminated uh, like we experience in a full moon cycle. So we're in mutable to mutable right now. It's all about the shift. It's the change. It's how do we move from this to that? How do we transition from this to that? That's super true for me. Uh, you know, going into Sunday from Saturday the 17th, I'm moving from being, you know, set in my location in Utah to traveling for work and all the things that that means for me. I'm going to be gone this entire week. I'll be getting back on Friday. So, um, you know, this is really speaking to me right now. For the zodiac signs that the moon will be journeying through, the moon will begin in the zodiac sign of Gemini. We're playing with that twin energy. We'll move into the home sign of Cancer through the fiery sign of Leo, and then we'll end the week in Virgo with that full moon energy. And this is the area of the zodiac wheel where we move from 
like personal. It's about me and my experience. And we really start exploring the interpersonal, right? In Gemini, um, if you think about this in childhood development, then Gemini is the time where we are trying on other personalities. We're exploring the way that our voice can sound. We're learning how to read and write and use our words in multiple mediums to convey a message, to get our needs met, to connect and play with other people. In cancer, all of a sudden we realize that other people have feelings, other people have needs. We maybe take on responsibility in our household. We feel a sense of obligation or duty to our family unit or to a community that we're a part of. In Leo, we desire this uh, self-expression. It's this counterbalance, right, uh, of cancer where it's all about, you know, the group identity and moving into the self identity. Well, what about me? Um, what do I think? How do I want to sound? How do I want to be perceived? How do I want to dress? Um, and then in Virgo, again, there's a corrective quality and we move back into a less self oriented position, which is fine, by the way, there's no judgment here. It's fantastic to be self oriented. And there's lots of times where being selfish is the right and correct choice for you. But that's, you know, moving from that self-oriented uh, solar sign of Leo and into a more service-oriented perspective in Virgo. And what's interesting here for me is that we see the week beginning with a moon in Gemini ruled by Mercury with Mercury in Aquarius. And then we end the week with the moon ruled by Mercury. And by the time we get to the, you know, full moon, uh, we're going to see Mercury in Pisces. And so, you know, it's this interesting uh, transition with the moon being in these Mercury signs, but Mercury is going to be experiencing some change up in, you know, Mercury's behavior and qualities and characteristics. And I think you're going to really feel this on the weekends. We're going to move from a more analytical, detached, focused, and then end the week with a lunar sign that is more whimsical and a bit more creative. And we'll speak a bit to that nuance as we go throughout the week. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the week ahead, right? Um, these are always so interesting for me to script out and then record and then live. I find that I'm living in like multiple different timelines. So I'm going to try to keep myself oriented here. I have solar fire pulled up in front of me. That's the astrology software that I use, that I invested in and that I use for my client readings. Um, and so we're going to keep me honest with having the chart right in front of me. So if you hear any clicks in the background, that's because I'm using my mouse to animate the chart. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to check out what's in store for us for the upcoming week, February 18th through February 24th on Sunday at 8am mountain standard time. That's always how I have the chart set, uh, just out of habit. So we're looking at 8 a.m. Sunday morning. We see the moon at 23 degrees Gemini. She's talking to Mercury and the sun in a harmonious way, but finding some tension with Neptune. And of course, it's on this day that we see the sun move out of the sign of Aquarius and into the sign of Pisces. So again, how does it feel for the luminaries and Mercury to be in air signs? It's the air element, and so it's all about our ideas, our thoughts, and our words. 
This exchange of air is how things go viral, both from an algorithm perspective, you know, those fun moments where a TikTok video or a reel gets a ton of traction, a ton of momentum, a ton of visibility. If you're listening because one of my TikToks, like I've had a few of them that uh, did have like higher views and higher interaction and engagement than normal. There was a one that I, I was uh, showing off my memory for the Bloodhound Gang lyrics. And a ton of witches showed up and connected with me there. So if you're here because of that video, welcome to the corporate coven. I'm so excited that you're here. And that's what we think about when something goes viral. It's about um, the way that we connect, the way that we share our ideas. But this is true outside of algorithms as well. It's also how disease can spread from one person to another. So when you're thinking about what is shareable and caught through an air type quality, we can think about data. That's a very Aquarian perspective. We can think about jingles and quick things that get stuck in our head. You know, that's like a Gemini. Um, but we can also think about the closeness that we experience to people. And when you're so close that, uh, you know, you could spread disease, that's the intimacy of relationship that Libra gives us insight into. So this exchange of air, again, is how things go viral, but it's really about spreading from one person to another. And that's a lot of the energy of Sundays. How are we sharing? How are we communicating? I'm going to say that this is generally a good day for writing, for looking over the data, for finding the right questions to ask. But the tension with Neptune, you know, it could just feel like you're not sure on the outcome or the so what of it all. But I'm going to say whatever you're thinking write it down anyways. I'm traveling on this day. And by the time I land, we'll have a Cancerian moon. And so you might end the day with wanting to retreat to some good food, a cozy bed. You might think about what it will mean to feel at home the rest of the week, or at least the next couple of days. The sun enters Pisces after the moon moves into Cancer and all of the logic settles into intuitive knowing. The head and the heart and the stomach are synced and it could help ground the experience into your body. If you were waiting for the so what of it all, that might come up. And if it's not clear on the so what, you might just again feel settled in the knowledge, feel settled in the matter, trusting that this is now a resource that will be at your disposal that you can use in the future as needed. This happens around 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Now, I'll be in Central, and so I'm thinking that this will be about the time that I'm finally falling asleep. I have the hardest time sleeping without my partner next to me, and so I'm really not looking forward to that. But again, Cancerian Moon, we have to think about what is home going to look like for us? What is comfort and ease, safety and security going to look like for us? And if you're having an experience like me, you're not in your actual home. You're going to be in an Airbnb somewhere. But no matter where you are, even if you're at your home or your family home or anything like that, you might still have to think about what does it mean to be at home? What does it mean to feel at home? And what are those things, those comforts that I need to give me that sense of security? So let's look at Monday, February 19th. We begin with the moon in Cancer forming a trine to Saturn and a sextile to Jupiter. This is a stabilizing day and there's a gravity to it with the uh, the density of the aspects. I almost said destiny. I wonder where that was coming from. Um, there's like a density of the aspects between the earth and the water signs. So it's a good day to build structure through relationships. 
the moon is feeling pretty good and is in a supportive aspect to Saturn, who has cleared the shadow period from his retrograde last year. And we're getting some gifts from Jupiter in Taurus. And so it just feels like a nice day. It feels like a good day. Again, for me, if I'm thinking about like, what are the priorities and what are the opportunities? It is that concept of building structure through relationships. And depending on the houses that are being activated for you, I mean, you know, I'm here for you all. I'm definitely like creating this podcast as a way to share with all of you. And I can't help but think about in my own chart, what does this look and sound like? And I'll use my own chart as an example because, you know, this is a a public podcast and I'm most familiar with my chart, but I want to remind you that when you join the subscription for the Corporate Coven podcast, and I'm coming up with a cute brand on it, it's still really new. I have I have episodes out. I have episodes that are slated to be released, um, but I'm still working and conceptualizing the branding. And a lot of you voted on some language in my Instagram stories a few weeks ago, and that was super helpful. So you're going to see the outcome of that effort pretty soon. But when you join that subscription tier, that's when I'm going to start giving episodes that are private to that community. And I'm actually going to be using your chart. So instead of me saying, oh, I have cancer here, I have Taurus here, and I have Pisces here. So this is what it's like for me. I'm going to be selecting your chart at random or on purpose, depending on, you know, the placements, and the configurations that you have. And I'm going to say, hey, for someone who has this chart, I'll keep your names anonymous, but for someone who has this chart, you're going to be feeling it in this way. And I'm doing this because, look, if you can invest in a reading with an astrologer, do that, right? But I also recognize it's a tough economy out there. And if a lot of the witches in the coven are like me, we're trying to be really smart with what and how we spend um, while still bringing a lot of value into our life. And so when you join the corporate, this is a quick, quick, like little like commercial, bear with me. When you join the corporate coven subscription, and you're, you know, guaranteed, you're paying me the $2.99 every month, which is like $36 a year or something. When you're paying me that, you're going to get like little mini free readings with me throughout the year. I'm going to be using your chart in these podcast episodes to talk about different transits or different aspects and how it might feel for you. Okay. So if you want to do that, you can head to my website www.thatwitchfromwork.com. You can sign up for the Corporate Coven subscription tier. When you do that, you do need to make sure that you give Spotify permission for me to contact you. I'm going to just add you to a new subscription tier in my Flowdesk account where I send my newsletters. And that's how I'm going to be reaching out to get your chart information when I'm going to be letting you know that new episodes are being posted. So I'll end the commercial there, but let me tell you, like, this is where it's happening in my chart. But again, if you want this insight for yourself, then the Corporate Coven subscription tier is an awesome place for you to go check it out and see, you know, if if that's a good investment for you at this time. For me, again, moons in Cancer, in these um, supportive relationships with Saturn in Pisces, Jupiter in Taurus. So in an Aquarius rising chart, this is going to be in my sixth house, my fourth house, and my second house. All right. So I'm going to be thinking about what's going on in my day to day work life and how is that being really supportive to my finances right now? I shared with some of y'all, I got promoted recently and that's definitely helping with my second house, right? In the way that I think about resources, but I also need to start thinking about how I structure um, and build like a consistent flow in those resources, right? With all the hard work that I've been doing. 
but there's also going to be this fourth house element involved. So thinking about what's my home life going to be like, what are my parents or my grandparents up to? Um, you know, again, I'm going to be out of state. And so I'm going to be thinking about my family a lot on this day, but I'm also going to be traveling for a purpose. And it's going to be really important for me to be building new relationships, which I feel a lot of like gratitude for that. I'm going to be traveling and I'm going to be exposed to so many new people while there is this supportive aspect going on, um, you know, between the moon and Jupiter and Saturn. So what will that look like? for you. How will that feel for you? Where is that in your chart? But either way, I'm feeling really, really good about Monday. Um, it's always like, you know, the beginning of the week, we have it with a, a cardinal moon, which feels really nice because we're already going to be oriented to going out and beginning new things and maybe trying new things as well. On Tuesday, it's a bit of a different vibe. Uh, Tuesday, the moon's at 18 degrees and is forming a square to the lunar nodes and is also in a sextile with Uranus. And so I think about the opportunity to edit and to think differently about something. It's imperative that we continue framing things as opportunities and invitations or having a growth mindset. I'm going to go back to the beginning of one of my previous episodes where we talked about change agility, right? This is an invitation to try again to refine it, to adjust it, to be open to the continuous improvement and making these subtle shifts uh, and movements as we continue trying to find comfort and stabilization. That night, the moon forms a trine to Neptune. And so you'll want to float, to dream. You know, now that the sun is in Pisces and Mercury will be soon, we'll start feeling more connected to our dreams and the ideas that come to us in streams of consciousness rather than the structured frameworks of thinking like we discussed last week. Wednesday morning, the moon has ingressed into the zodiac sign of Leo. 8 a.m. starts with zero degrees Leo moon, which is forming an immediate opposition to Pluto. First thing in the morning, team. The moon will also oppose Venus and Mars and then square Jupiter. So some of that ease, some of that like, uh, you know, ability to kind of like go into relationships starts like tempering off. And on Wednesday, there's a bit more intensity. And by a bit, I'm, I'm definitely understating it. Okay. Pluto's not messing around. Do you remember how it felt to have Mercury conjunct Pluto? Let me look at my calendar. What day was that? February 3rd. And then how it felt to have Mars and Venus conjunct Pluto as well. I had actually a really scary week when that was happening. I personally was okay. There was just a lot of intense things. There was a lot of hard conversations. I went into my boss's office and I was like, can you just help me with my priority list? And can you please just like make me feel okay in the world again? <laughs> like this is such a stressful week. This is so hard. Um, and I had some like really like stressful stuff happening at home and with my family as well. And so Pluto's not messing around team. And while, you know, a conjunction is maybe a bit more immediate and in our face an opposition is still what we would call a hard aspect. Um, it's a major aspect. It's a Ptolemaic aspect, but it's hard because like there's tension, right? And opposition is two opposing forces colliding head on. And then, you know, we, we get that square to Jupiter as well. So whereas earlier in the week we were getting some support from Jupiter, now there's some tension and it might sound like I'm thinking of, um, the experience after Christmas, 
you know, Jupiter can be like a, a Santa Claus type figure. And so Christmas Day, it's like, here's all these gifts and here's all these presents. And then, you know, later in the day, you're being a real shit. And mom says, I will take those toys away. I know you just got them for Christmas, but I will take them away. And that might be a little bit of how we're feeling. Um, this, you know, I thought everything was fine. I thought that things were going good. Um, and now the spotlight's on me and I'm uncomfortable and I'm getting called out. Uh, you know, this is, th- there's some awkwardness. It's almost as if everyone has been playing nice this week. But it's going to start to change on Wednesday where maybe you just start feeling really fed up or frustrated. In the Leo moon, we're feeling a bit more expressive. And so she might be calling out, naming, and feeling especially irked with all of the cold Aquarian actions. Aquarius is all about freedom and revolution and idealism, you know, utopian ideals. But morality is dependent on ascetic. What is free for you is restriction for someone else. Aquarius is traditionally ruled by Saturn, and there are dystopian scenes where Pluto and Aquarius looks like overly uniform, boxed in, and you might call it like, you know, quote, norm core. I'm thinking, you know, as we get more data about the population, and this is a big deal, and, and if you haven't thought about this or you haven't been talking about this, like this is like a new entry point for you. This is something that my astrology mentor, Eugenia from Accessible Astrology, this is something that uh, we talked about extensively and when we were working together more closely. And, you know, this was especially like coming up pretty hot and heavy around 2020 and all the different events that we were doing there as we were trying to gather data and statistics on a massive scale on a global scale and there were all these questions of like what's the data really telling us and can we trust this data source and and where is it coming from and this is something that uh, you know if again if you're like me and, and you went through higher education and formal education and you had to take research classes and do research statistics and learn how to you know do standard deviation and all and all of that um then you've always kind of had this mindset of a skeptic, like a healthy dose of skepticism and what you're reading and what you're learning because of how easy it is to misinterpret, misalign, or misrepresent data. And I think about this, you know, as we move into the age of Aquarius, there's a lot of organizations out there where the majority of money that they make is on your data. I'm not going to name company names. Okay. I'm going to be sensitive to that. But it's true that there are a lot of companies out there that will be selling you uh, really cheap, affordable uh, products. You know, there's all these apps. I even use some of them. Like there's all these apps where if you're scanning receipts and you can get cash back or if you're spending money in this way, if you scan this QR code, if you if you if you do all this for us, give us your demographics. Now we have all of this data and the way that this data is used can be really cool right? This is where like, I love sometimes my personalized and customized ads on Instagram and stuff like that. Cause it's like, ah, I didn't know I wanted that, but I do want that. Like, thank you customized algorithm for showing me this thing that will change my life and improve it in some way. Like how cool is this? But there's also a shadow side to this, right? This is where shows like black mirror, um, sometimes reflect the 
possible scary things that come from having so much data about a population. Because if we, if we have all of this, it's easy to make assumptions, but who's asking the question, how do we know if we're telling the full story? How do we know what this really means? How do we know that we're making the, the most correct and best assumptions about what the data is telling us? And how do we balance, you know, the Leo, uh, authenticity, seeing people as individuals, recognizing that, you know, there's, there's this unspeakable need for creative expression and artistry with the opposition of Aquarius, which is like equality matters the most. And we live in a global society. So make everything the same, you know, school uniforms versus being able to come to school, looking however you want rigid practices on monitoring an employee workforce that is remote using technology to monitor facial facial expressions in a web camera they're working on that by the way that's out there you can you can buy that type of date or software from companies now that will monitor your employees faces throughout the day through their web camera you know and and what's the what's the benefit of that? What's the harm of that? And how do we compromise trust in those situations? This this is all like really big scale, right? Like I know like I'm getting pretty meta again, but these are the things that we think about with Pluto and Aquarius and some of the challenges that we're going to be experiencing with Pluto and Aquarius for the next 20 years as we continue to think about ourselves in a more global capacity and data and technology and the way that we use analytics is going to become a really, really important part of how we function as a society. And so, you know, bring it, let's bring it back to Wednesday, this opposition between the moon and Pluto, but also the moon and Venus and the moon and Mars, you know, these are going to be some difficult and challenging aspects. Um, I think that what's going to be really interesting to pay attention to is when these Leo Aquarius oppositions, uh, will be activated when the North Node moves into Aquarius in 2026. 2026 is going to be a wild ride for so many other reasons, um, but definitely having these fixed signs activated. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling myself get a bit like doomsday-ish. I'm smiling through it. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to be happening to me? Pluto is going to be really close to one of my personal placements um, around that time. And, um, I have my North node in Aquarius. I'll also be having my nodal return. And so I'm just like, Oh my gosh, 2026. But anyways, team, this is the type of stuff that we can talk about in astrology readings. Uh, but 2026 is definitely a time that I'm paying attention to right now. Okay. Let's talk about Thursday. So on Thursday, the moon at 12 degrees, Leo, look, the moon is getting a square to Jupiter in Taurus. Uh, Jupiter is also forming a square to Mars and Venus at seven degrees. And those are, you know, still opposite the moon. The moon is like moving further through the sign of Leo. And so like, you know, loosening that square, that fixed T square. Um, but we still wake up with a bit of that. And the moon is also forming a trine with the North node and Chiron who are still together at 16 degrees. Those two are just still hanging out. Um, Chiron's going to be slowly moving away and, you know, separating from the North node, which will feel like some nice relief there. So I was thinking, you know, as I was looking at this, 
the outcome of a decision could be to invest in both of them. If we can come up with a clear plan and a defined ROI, why not run both? I don't know what I'm referring to. I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm still unsure of exactly how that's going to show up in my life. But that was one thing that felt very clear of like, why not invest in both? Why can't it be yes and? There's a lot of pressure on relationships today as well. The tension is between your desire for stabilization and your need for creativity and innovation. All while you're worried about how it will reflect on you and your creativity. The workplace has been super volatile and there has been a lot of movement in the labor force again. And a lot of folks have been reaching out because they're feeling unstable, you know, You've been asking how to prepare for an upcoming change in a previous staff meeting. Again, I talked about change agility. You can go listen to the first segment of that episode. Um, I share even more career advice on the, you know, corporate coven subscription tier. I spoke about that earlier, but like it's been a really destabilizing time in the labor market. And so it's hard because you're balancing this like desire to just like find something stable while also being innovative and creative. So again, why not both? As I'm saying this, I'm wondering like how many of you have been wanting to start your own business while still maintaining your day job? How many of you have started wanting to, you know, deliver DoorDash while still maintaining your corporate job? How many of you maybe want to do more of like volunteerism in like a child's school, even though you have like, you know, a busy schedule or you want to take a, a dance class as an adult or you want to, you know, try something new, um, but you still want to have a sense of like security and stability. Well, can you do both? Not forever. I know that doing both will be a lot. It will feel like a lot for you all. Um, or, you know, maybe you already have been doing this. Like I've been, you know, I've had my LLC since I formally registered in 2020, but I've had this side business since, you know, 2017, 2018. And I've been working full time and, you know, I have a lot going on. So I know that it's a lot, but like, can you do both? And would it be easier to do both if you did have a clearly defined ROI, if you knew what success looked like, that's going to be really key. You know, I have financial targets in my business, but you know, I have the luxury of, of having like a really awesome day job where, you know, I can meet my family's needs and pay my bills with that. So even though I have financial goals with my business, that's not how I'm measuring success in it. And so that makes it easier because I have a clear ROI and I'm, I'm really like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty dialed in on what I need from this business. And so it's easier to do both and to balance both. So can you sort that out for yourself? I think it will be easier if you can get really clear on what your expectations are from both ventures. And then that's going to help you balance the need for stabilization as well as, you know, the Uranian drive to do something creative and innovative. On Friday, Mercury moves into Pisces and team, this is another reason um, that I shared I don't know, something creative, something, um, you know, a bit more like whimsical, if you will, at the beginning of the episode. Um, you know, Mercury and Pisces could feel like a Mercury retrograde because sentences never really begin or end. They just run on and on and into each other and through various thoughts, expanding and refining the meaning through illustrative and creative flow, you know? <laughs> so let's find some fun examples of Mercury and Pisces. I thought this would be really fun, right? Uh, here are some people who have Mercury in Pisces. Lady Gaga has Mercury in Pisces at 18 degrees 
present with Jupiter at eight degrees, and she has reached massive levels of visibility for her music and her lyrics. She has songs about religiosity, such as Judas and Alejandro. She sings of substances and addiction or abuse in paparazzi, bad romance, monster, dance in the dark, speechless applause, Pinot Grigio girls and dope. I love Lady Gaga. I love Stephanie Germanata. Um, so Lady Gaga has Mercury in Pisces. Johnny Cash has Mercury in Pisces in his first house with the sun, Mars, and the North Node. And I think we can definitely hear that coming out in uh, his artistry and some of his lyrics or the songs that um, help make him really popular. But here are some others, right? Maya Angelou, Billie Holiday, Bessie Smith, Emmylou Harris, Nora Jones, Reese Witherspoon, Heath Ledger, Jim Parsons. I've been watching Young Sheldon. That's a show my husband and I have recently gotten into. And he's definitely like making a name for himself with his voice, right? And how the way that he portrays that character. Alan Rickman. I mean, Alan Rickman, right? Jesse McCartney, Luke Evans, Rachel Weiss, Celine Dion, John Travolta, Catherine O'Hara, Queen, Ron Howard, Kurt Cobain, Chester Bennington, Brendan Urie, Angus Young, if you don't know who that is, it's ACDC, Alice Cooper, uh, Peaches, Anthony Head, Benicio Del Toro. All of these people have Mercury and Venus in Pisces, actually. Um, and so, you know, Venus finds herself exalted in the sign of Pisces. So that last little, like run, starting with Maya Angelou um, until Benicio Del Toro, those all have Mercury present with Venus in the sign of her exaltation. And, um, you know, I think that you can, I'm, I'm not going to like draw those conclusions for you, but you can see like how powerful this placement can be, especially with the distinction of voice, the way that someone sounds, the way that they form their words and just how creative it all is, right? Mercury moving into Pisces is going to catch up to the sun and Saturn and will actually be super helpful in moving progress forward with the efforts of Saturn uh, in whatever house is holding this mutable zodiac sign for you. Again, for me, it's in my second. It's going to be somewhere different for you depending on your rising sign. Friday night, though, you'll be fixated on the Virgo-Pisces axis. That's because we move into Saturday with the full moon in Virgo at five degrees and Venus will be in a square to Saturn, uh, not Saturn, sorry, to Jupiter. So the benefics, uh, Venus and Jupiter are in a contentious and frustrating aspect with each other. And you feel some of this opposition with the luminaries as well, uh, with this full moon, of course, you know, the moon being opposite the sun. And so this full moon is the challenge between logic and intuition. Uh, the polarity between Virgo and Pisces is the difference between reading tarot and reading oracle cards. In one, you have rules, structures, correlations, symbols, and order matters. The other is really just up to the author, and it's super open. It's more intuitive, and you kind of get to do like your own interpretations of it, right? This is also the difference between someone saying that I am religious versus I am spiritual. I am driven by rules and... Um, I am open to a creative interpretation of what it means to worship or to have ritual or to imbue something as sacred. 
And then, you know, that tension between Venus and Jupiter, that's actually going to become exact next week, but it's getting close enough that I feel like, you know, we can talk about it a little bit in this episode and I'll go into more depth next week when we go over it. But when the benefics aren't really getting along, um, it, it can it can put this tension, you know, if we think about the tension between Aquarius and Taurus, the idea of massive uh, collections and organizations of human beings, thoughts and ideas, and this fixed belief about what that should be versus the actual resourcing of it. The actual, okay, that's a good idea, but who's going to do the labor? Who's going to make this happen? Again, what's free for you is not free for somebody else. And I think that we're really going to start feeling that tension, especially as we think about how we utilize AI in the labor force. Um, I was reading this thing from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they were referencing ONET Online, which is a resource that I've talked a lot about. And if you were in my group coaching program last year, then I introduced you to that resource. And it's one that I recommend. Um, but I do say that if you are neurodivergent or if you um, can get overwhelmed and overstimulated by a lot of information, then it's not the best resource. You'll want to have a guide go with you through it. But it's a very comprehensive database. And the report that I saw, I think it was a Harvard Business Review who posted it, but they were quoting the BLS and ONET online. And they were giving um, a quick snapshot of which industries, and I think they were even like kind of narrowed down to specific roles in those industries, or like kind of like a job families that are going to be most impacted by the AI boom. Right. And we've, we've started, we've seen the introduction of AI, but we have not seen AI in its full capacity. That's what this age of Aquarius is going to be like moving us into. Right. And, um, thinking about how that's really going to change the workforce. And I think that's maybe what some of this tension is, you know, in so many ways, it's going to free up a lot of administrative tasks that some of us just like cannot stand doing. And, and, you know, it helps with editing and, uh, authoring things and, you know, AI images and all of this stuff. But again, like, how is that harming other populations of work? And how do we sort that out? You know, if you're using uh, something, you know, electronic and technical to create artwork, what does that mean for Jupiter in Taurus, which is ruled by Venus and Venus is now sitting in the sign of Aquarius. So there's going to be like this tension between like, how do we sort this out? How do we sort this out? What is this? What does this look like? And how do we stay out of a fear mindset? It's okay to have a healthy dose of like, hey, I could be harmed. This this could hurt me in some way. But how do we keep that from like paralyzing us to action? That's kind of what we're going to be sorting out. And again, we'll talk more about that next week in staff meetings. So we'll see you there. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Corporate Coven, a podcast for witches at work. Keep the magic alive by joining our newsletter at www.thatwitchfromwork.com. There you can find extra resources and book a career astrology reading with me. If you love today's episode, you can support our work by subscribing, turning on notifications, and even making monthly donations. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, witches.